Okay, we begin Sefer Malachi today, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Masa Devar Hashem and Yisrael. So, we start Malachi, known as the last Navi, the last prophet. Why do we say that? Mephoshim sees on the last two psukim in Perik Gimel, Malachi is only three prokim, where the prophet says, the heshiv lev ovos albanim, that the children will return. Uh, but before that, he says, um, now you must go back to following the laws of Moshe Rabbeinu. Do not hear zichru toras Moshe avdi. Remember the words, like I have commanded him at Parsinai, I'll call Yisrael for all Israel, the Chukim, the Mishvatim. In other words, there aren't going to be prophets anymore. You are to return to the words you have as a basis. What we do have, and we will get into this, is a group of 120 people that have been formed, mostly by Ezra, called the Anshe Knesses Hagdola, that will now take us in the transition period and lead B'nai Israel halachically with laws, with application of laws, with Bezdins, etc. So, Malachi, for all intents and purposes, is the last Navi. Now the question, who is Malachi? Who was Malachi? We know that he is prophesying contemporaneously with Haggai and Zechariah, and yet Haggai and Zechariah speak most of their body of prophecy about the rebuilding of Bayashani. Malachi doesn't mention a word about building Bayashani. So obviously the belief is that he came slightly after them, that Bayashani was built and he is after that, even though contemporaneous. And we should point out in that Anshe Knesset Hadoa, both Zechariah, Malachi, and Chagai are included, as is Mordechai of Megillah fame, and Ezra, who we are going to learn a lot of, a lot about later. But beyond that, there's no mention of Malachi who his father was. Usually you have the Navi, he was uh, genealogically pedigreed. You mentioned the name of the father. Two, it doesn't refer to a king, even a Persian king, as to what year he is prophesying. And in fact, there is a machlokas in the Gemara as to Malachi's identity. Let me refer you, Megillah, Daf Tesbav Amud Aleph, and let me just read pieces of it. Omar of Nachman, Malachi ze Mordechai. Malachi was really Mordechai. So why did they call him Malachi? Because Shehoyo Mishnel Amelech, he was second in command to the king. But that is quickly refuted in the Gemara, basically by showing that in the book, uh, in the Svarim, they mentioned separately Mordechai and Malachi. He could not be the same person. Therefore, says Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha, 
Malachi Ezra. Malachi was Ezra. Why would you think he is Ezra? And the Gemara proceeds to say because the thematic approaches were the same, the same subject matters, sometimes in a very similar language. And the Gemara refutes that because there too, Malachi is mentioned with Mordechai, showing they were separate people. Indeed, the Rambam says they were separate people, Mordechai, Ezra, and Malachi. Malachi was Malachi, just as we call it. So that theoretically puts to rest that concept of him being somebody else. But he still remains a mysterious figure. But let us dive into it. Masa Hashem al Yisrael biyad Malachi. Masa, we have said before, is one of the ten forms of prophecy, literally meaning a burden. The Navi has carried it around with him for a period of time. And interestingly, it says biyad Malachi. It was given in the hand of Malachi. We have a um, chazal that tells us that all the prophecies that ever were delivered were first given on Har Sinai. They were from the beginning, and that perhaps this was carried on and carried traditionally, and then Malachi is handed it and now gives it. Continues the Navi, I loved you, Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Israel, and you say, how, how did you love me? And the Mephoshim are quick to um, interject. It's not that B'nai Yisrael is saying, show me how you love me, that rather it's like, if you ask me how I love you, what proof that I've loved you, hello, ach, Esav liyakov, were you not a brother to Esav no Hashem, for ohav es Yaakov. I loved Yaakov. We know that a Bukhar, as Esau was, gets a double portion, gets favored treatment. Here the Kaddish Baruch who says, as he says in Pasuk Gimel, that's Esau Sarnesi. I hated Esau. But Asim es Harav Shmama, I would not, I gave him separate Nachala. Har Seir and the land of Seir, just so he would get no part of Eretz Yisrael. And so I have made his Nachala, his mountains, Shmama, desolate. Ves Nachala Sola Tanut Midbar. And I have reduced his inheritance to a desert of snakes. Kisomar Edom Rishushanu. And when Edom comes, that's the name for Esau, and is impoverished, and says, We are going to rebuild our desolate, destroyed inheritance, like B'nai Yisrael did. No, says the Kaddish They can build all they want. I will tear it down. The Karulahem Vulrashah, and the world will call their boundaries evil boundaries, the Hashem Adolam, and the nation that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is condemned forever. Why is he condemned, Esau? Because the history of Esau, and we're meaning Edom, 
from the beginning was antagonistic. The Chazal record that when they were led into Golas and Bavel, they stood by cheering Edom, even though they were not an active combatant in Bavel, they were delighted with the result. And yes, our history is tortured with Edom throughout history, the Second Temple, the pogroms, everything to the Holocaust is blamed on Edom. And so they are an accursed, vile nation. The Enechem Tirena and Yaakov, Israel, you are going to see with your own eyes, Hashem, you're going to see what the Kodesh Baruch does to restore the boundaries and the glory of Israel. So, what the Navi is saying in those Psukim is, you know how I love you? Because you had a brother who's an older brother, a Bechor who normally gets Pishnayim twice. You're going to see he is hated, he is reviled by me, I have favored you over him. Do not doubt for a second how I have loved you. Now, the Navi is going to go into a Musar uh, lecture to B'nai Israel. Says, Ben Yechabed of, we have a principle, a child honors his father. The Eved Adonai, and a slave honors his master. There is honor, if it's not love, it's fear. But Be'im Avani, therefore, says the Kaddish brother, who? If I am indeed a father of the people of Israel, I gave Kodi. Where is my honor due me? Vimadonam Ani, and if I am the master, use the metaphor master servant, I gave Where's the fear that is due me, Amar Hashem Zal? And now he turns his Musa on a very interesting group, specifically the Kohanim. The Kohanim, remember, had not practiced in years, are back, small number of them for Bayez Shani. They are charged with being the teachers, being the conscience of B'nai Israel. They have not done their job, as we're going to see. And so therefore, Lochem HaKohanim, Boze Shmi, Barmatim Zinu Eshmecha, they have scorned my name, and yet have the audacity to say, how have we scorned your name? Um, and so the Kaddish Rafa is going to answer before we do that. The Gemara defines what is the difference between Ava and Yiras Hashem and says that when you're doing my mitzvot, it is Ava. When you don't do it, when you defy me, you still have to love the Kaddish Rafa out of Yira. But in any event, Kodesh Baruch is as if he's complaining, I get none of it. I don't get the cover, I don't get the hero. The Kohanim are just scorning me. They scorn, or they present really, loathsome, repulsive food on my Mizbeach or on my Shulchan. How are we uh, being repulsive? And then you say, they deny that the Kaddish Baruch Hu's altar or table is being scorned. 
What are we talking about here? Apparently, the Mephorshim tell us that these Kohanim that came back, and they were a small number, probably unschooled completely in ritual observance of the avoda of the temple. And so what they did was become totally infused, not with the spiritual lofty concept of the Beis Hamikdash and Korbanos, but literally they became absorbed with the blood and guts, as it were, of Korbanos. And I say literally because they were repelled by the blood sprinkled all over the korbanos, all over the mizbeah, the fats on it. It was a repulsive sight to them. And so they scorned it. They began to belittle it in terms of even the korbanos. And so therefore, says the Kodesh ra. So you started to bring animals, and this would include B'nai Yisrael, but Kohanim accepted them. You would take those animals that are blind with a defect, a mum of blindness, which is totally forbidden. That's not bad. And when you allow to be sacrificed a lame animal or a sick animal, that's not bad. Ironically, he says, sacrifice it to the means your governor, but it also means your leader, your political leaders, your kings. So try sacrificing it to them. Will it be accepted? Will it get you favor? You need something from the ruling class. You think bringing a korban like that is going to secure what you want? Stop it. End that. Stop bringing those terribly repulsive korbanos. Very famous phrase. It is in your hands, this. You are doing this. Do you think bringing terribly disqualified, blemished animals... That's going to get your Marcusho's answer. That's going to answer your prayers. I reject them. Stop it. Me gambachem Interesting. It's as if halavai. Who among you, one kohen, that will have the courage, the yiskard to close the doors of the temple and? not allow korbanos, like there's better no korbanos than these horribly blemished korbanos. And you will no longer continue to just defile my altars. I don't want them. I have no use for them. I don't want your korban mincha. I don't ask for it. From the eastern side of the world to the west where the sun sets. My name is famed, is reputed even among the Goyim, the non Jewish world. When they do bring korbanos to me, or when they do, even in Avodah Zorah, pray to me in terms of the constellations, as it were. It is done with more respect, 
it is done with more purity than you are doing. Because I am lofty in the world. That is one explanation. In other words, even the Ovdi Avodazara have more respect for the sanctity of my Korbanos than you do. Or it could mean that even when you do the Tvilos to replace the Korban, they are without any sort of feeling. You are mechalel, you defile it. Because when you say that the shulchan is filled with loathsome food, food and that um, we scorn the Kaddish Baruch and you say, well, how do we scorn it? You, you play oblivious to it, even as you scorn my Mizbeah. Um, we should also point out that in scorning the Mizbeah, that what they did, these Kohanim, who again, you, you don't want to make excuses for but they were novices at what they did. So that when the Avodah, they get the Lechem HaPanim on the Shulchan, but it's divided among all the Kohanim. There were um, 24 Kohanim in each group that by the time you got to him, the bread seemed minuscule. It was a small piece of lechem upon him. And he said, what kind of, this is bread? Or when they got the gifts from the people who brought carbonos, when it got down to the basic coin, it wasn't that much food. And so they would say, what is this about? We're not even getting fed. So that was part of their scorn. And because out of that scorn, came a sort of feeling, well, it doesn't matter what they bring. Let it be lame, let it be crippled, let it be blemished. Or let it not be, as we're going to see, the best. And so what you did um, by saying all this, you allowed to be brought inferior stuff. Finally, it descends to Favesim Gozel. You will have stolen animals. The lame, the chola, the sick. When you bring your mincha, do I want this from you? No. Finally, says the Navi, the Aurur, curse be he, nochel. Nochel is like a faker, a hypocrite, a charlatan. He has in his stable a great ram, let's say, a perfectly acceptable sacrifice, the best of the breed. He keeps it in his stable, <clears throat> and brings me just the inferior stuff. It may not even be blemished, but it's the lesser thing. The Rambam teaches us in Yisodei HaMizbeah, you've got to bring the best you've got, not the worst, not the mediocre, not that it's just barely acceptable because it may not have a blemish, you can't, in other words, if something, the Gemara tells us this, if something is repulsive to man, it is repulsive to be offered to the Kaddish Baruch And that's what the Navi is saying here. And in Mir Tashem, we will see, he continues excoriating the Kohanim tomorrow in Perik Bays, 8.45 a.m. Don't miss it. You will want to be there. Two more prokim in Malachi, and we will, Amir Hashem, finish Treyosar and the entire Nevi'im. 8.45 again tomorrow. Be there. Adkan.